Pride Month is a time to celebrate the various identities that make up our wonderful and diverse community. It is also a time to reflect on and honor the powerful contributions of those who've come before us. We stand on the shoulders of giants. James Baldwin, Larry Kramer, Bayard Rustin, Sylvia Rivera, and Marsha P. Johnson. To them and countless other trailblazers, we are humbly indebted and forever grateful. If you'd like more information on the movement or recommendations on how you can help, go to blacklivesmatter.com partners. In these dark and difficult times, we hope that this episode brings you a little bit of joy and light. Welcome to this special Pride Month episode of the Big Gay Fiction Podcast. I'm Jeff. And I'm Will. If you're looking for stories of young men growing up, coming into their own, and finding true love in the process, then look no further than the stories of Jay Northcote. This author has been satisfying readers for years with series like Rainbow Place and Housemates. Jay joins us today to celebrate Pride, as well as read from a story sure to get you in a festive holiday mood. Jay, welcome to our Pride Festival. We're so glad you could join us. Thank you. It's great to be invited. Get to actually wear the t-shirt, you know, for somewhere. <laughs> well, in the privacy of my own home, but where people will see it. <laughs> yes, people will see it now as we as we celebrate Pride a little differently this year. So I know you've got a reading for us. What are you going to be reading from and what's the book about? So I'm going to read something from my most recent Christmas story, which is, although it's not seasonal, but it seemed appropriate for Pride. The title is A Boyfriend for Christmas. And the reason that I decided to go for this one is because it's it has a coming out scene in it, which I kind of think will be a fun one to read. And it's so it's a story about two guys who come from very different backgrounds. And they've obviously met and fallen for each other. And one of them is in the closet and he hasn't told, you know, nobody knows. And he has to, like, tell his family in order for things to kind of move on, move forward with them. Great pick for Pride Month. So you want to tell us a little bit about the scene that you're you're going to read from? So I decided to read the, the coming out scene. But for context, I've also, I've kind of chosen two little bits. And there's a bit in the middle that I won't be reading because it would make it too long. So there's a little bit of context before. So you get a feel for his family and why he's, you know, a bit anxious about having to tell them what sort of people that they are. And then there's the actual scene where he tells them, which um, I really enjoyed writing it. And so I thought it'd be a fun one to read, hopefully. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I will let you read. Okay, so yeah, so just the, the setting for this bit is Archie is the character that is, this bit is written from his point of view, and he is home visiting his family for Christmas. He comes from a very wealthy family, or like a very posh family, as we'd say in the UK. So they're very wealthy, it's, you know, upper class, they kind of, they all work in finance, and they're all very, you know, kind of very driven by money and status. And the guy that he's fallen for is very much the opposite of all of those things. So this is Archie and his family. So it starts off with Archie speaking. So come on, what other gossip is there? Never mind births, weddings and engagements. Anything more juicy? Actually, there is something. Archie's mother lowered her voice and leant forward, looking around to make sure she had everyone's attention. It all happened just last week, and it's awful, really. Maybe I shouldn't tell you, but you'll find out eventually. It's not something Celia is going to be able to keep secret, poor thing. Maybe it's best that you hear it from me. For goodness sake, mother, spit it out. Henry picked up his wine, trying to feign boredom, but he was waiting as intently as the rest of them. Yes, come on, mummy, Lottie demanded. 
Well, she paused, expression almost gleeful. Reggie's a pufter, Archie's father announced loudly, immediately grabbing the attention of everyone in the room. Archie's stomach turned over when he saw the stern disapproval in his father's expression. Apparently, he's been fucking other men for years, but nobody had any idea. And now he's left Celia to go and shack up with one of them. They're in love, apparently. He snorted as though this was too ridiculous to possibly be true. Well, thank you for interrupting, Archie's mother glared, robbed of her chance to tell the story. But yes, that's the gist of it. It's a terrible business. Reggie who? Henry frowned. Auntie Celia's husband, idiot, Lottie hissed. Henry gave a horrified snort of laughter. Oh, God, seriously? Celia and Reggie were two of their parents' oldest friends. Their mother had gone to school with Celia and they'd been maid of honour at each other's weddings. Reggie was a pleasant, mild-mannered man who played golf regularly with their father. Archie presumed their golfing days were over now, judging by the expression on his father's face. His stomach lurched again and he suddenly regretted the amount of food and alcohol he'd consumed. What's Reggie's fellow like then? Henry asked, clearly loving this. Is he big and butch? I can imagine Reggie being the one who takes it up the bum. Really, Henry, must you be so vulgar? Archie's mother exclaimed. Sorry, mother, but come on. He was always a bit, you know. Henry did some stupid gesture with his wrist and sniggered like a schoolboy. Hugo gave a snort of laughter, but stifled it as Lottie glared at him. Don't be so horrid, Henry. Lottie's voice was sharp and her gaze lit on Archie for a fraction of a second and he was gone again. Yes, that was unnecessary, Sally said reproachfully. Sorry, darling, he flushed, shamefaced. Heart pounding, Archie let his glance flip from person to person, hoping nobody would notice his lack of participation in the conversation. He was too shaken to risk saying anything in case it came out wrong. While the reactions of the men in the room had been predictable, he was pleasantly surprised by Lottie and Sally's responses to Henry's vile comments. I don't know what he looks like. Archie's mother took control of the conversation with them. Celia didn't say, but she did tell me he's working class. She used a hushed tone as though saying a dirty word. She's adamant that he's not after Reggie's money, though. Reggie says they genuinely adore each other and she believes him. Archie couldn't take any more. Channeling every last ounce of social skill that had ever been drummed into him, he said calmly, with the appropriate amount of concern, how awful for Celia. It was awful. Nobody deserved to be deceived and hurt. But he couldn't help having some sympathy for Reggie too. For a man of his generation, coming out must have been infinitely more difficult than it would be for Archie. He wondered whether Reggie might have grown old still seeing men behind Celia's back if he hadn't fallen in love with one of them. If you'll excuse me, Archie stood and put his napkin carefully beside his plate. I need to go to the loo. As he walked out of the room, he imagined their eyes following him like laser beams on a target and barely resisted the urge to run. So then there's like a scene jump because I couldn't read all of it. I would have been here all day. So in the little bit in between, which I'm not reading, his sister Lottie comes upstairs to find him because she's kind of guessed what's going on. And so he comes out to her and she's immediately an ally and on his side and then he decides that he's going to go down and, and tell them and so this is him and Lottie going back downstairs together. He strode confidently downstairs with Lottie at his side ready to face whatever reaction he got. While they'd been away the others had decamped into the living room and were watching the Queen's speech which they'd recorded during lunch. Everyone was there apart from William. 
Archie could see the flicker of the TV screen in the adjoining playroom, so William was presumably watching something more relevant to his interests. Oh, there you are, his mother glanced up as they entered. Where did you two disappear off to? You left us with all the clearing up, you lazy buggers. Henry was sprawled on the sofa, drink in hand. Sally was breastfeeding Amelia beside him. All eyes in the room were now turned curiously on Archie and Lottie, aside from their father's, which was still fixed on Her Majesty the Queen. Archie's pulse rate picked up, nerves hitting him like a punch in the gut. Yes, sorry about that, he said, relieved when his voice came out strong and sure. Aren't you two going to sit down? Hugo's gaze was on Lottie. Why are you still standing over there? You look as if you're about to break into a song and dance routine or something. That would have been a novel way to come out. Not a song, Archie said. Sorry to disappoint you, but I do have something I want to say. By now, even his father had turned their way and was scowling at them both while the Queen droned on in the background. Father, can you pause that for a moment, please? Can't this wait? he asked impatiently. No, it can't. Piers, turn it off, Archie's mother said sharply. Oh, for goodness sake. He hit pause, leaving HRH frozen on the screen, eyes shut and mouth open. In the sudden silence that followed, Archie felt each rapid beat of his heart. He looked around at the expectant faces. Everything was more intense than normal, colours brighter, edges sharper. Lottie was still standing, but she'd moved aside a little to give him the floor. There's something I need to tell you. A few things, in fact. Archie's gaze landed on his father, who was looking back at him, his irritation of before replaced by polite boredom. I'm gay. Archie's voice was crystal clear, but from the lack of reaction, he might have thought his father hadn't heard, only there was nothing wrong with his hearing. Finally, letting his gaze move again, flitting from face to face, he found them all equally hard to read. When he reached his brother, Henry looked away. I've known for ages, Archie continued, but now I've got a boyfriend, who's working class, by the way, he glared at his mother, who flushed and fiddled with one of her rings. So I thought it was time I got it out in the open. Oh, his mother suddenly exclaimed, what about Fiona, the poor girl? How could you go behind her back like that? Ah, yes, that's another thing. Fiona's not my girlfriend, she's just a friend. Archie caught Sally's eye and she gave him a warm smile that spurred him on. The other thing I need to get off my chest is that I don't want a career in finance. Sorry to let the side down, Father, but that's not for me. I want to start a non-profit organisation. Not a typical career choice for our family, I know. He flashed Lottie in anxious glance, hoping she'd be okay with that new bit of information. She gave him a smile of encouragement. I'm going to start a charity to support LGBT teenagers and their families, a cause that's close to my heart for obvious reasons. A non-profit, his father snorted. Why on earth? I know it might be hard for you to understand, but making huge piles of cash isn't a priority for me, which leads me neatly onto my final confession. I'm a socialist. I voted Labour in the last election. He caught Henry's expression of horror, filing it away to pull out next time he needed a laugh. And I'll be voting for them in the next as well. So now you know, Archie smiled brightly. I'd love to hang around and discuss things more with you, but Lottie has kindly agreed to drive me back to Bristol so I can spend the last few hours of Christmas with my working class boyfriend. He's the one with all the tattoos who you met briefly at the Morgan Striker party, Mother, remember? She nodded, a shell-shocked expression on her face. Anyway, I don't want to keep Lottie out too late, so I need to pack my things and get going as soon as possible. I'll say goodbye before I leave. With that, Archie turned on his heel and walked out of the room, head held high.
He was floating, finally free from a weight that had been dragging him down for as long as he could remember. Thank you so much for that. That was wonderful. And a triple coming out of sorts for him there too. <laughs> coming out as, yeah, gay, working class boyfriend and a socialist. Oh, I'm not wanting to work in finance. <laughs> I guess that's actually a quad. <laughs> and I have to wonder which hit them worse of the four. I think they were more shocked by the voting Labour than any of the rest of it. Which I was kind of wondering about that. Quite that fun to was, write. <laughs> that was wonderful and great job on the reading. We should tell folks, because we talked about it before I hit record, that this was your very first time to read in public. Yeah, I've never done a reading of one of my books before, not particularly because I've avoided it, but it just, when I've been at cons and on the different panels, I've just never ended up on a reading panel. So, yeah. Well, yeah. you did a great job. Um, Thank you. Little bits of voice inflection and everything, so... <laughs> I hope it wasn't too fast. I always tend to, uh, you know, sometimes talk too fast, especially if I'm a bit nervous. So It worked good for me. So I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. <laughs> good. So sitting here in Pride Month uh, as we are, what does Pride mean to you? Well, I guess for me, a big part of it is being grateful as much as proud. So like being grateful that I'm now living my life authentically because for anyone listening who doesn't know anything about me i'm transgender but i didn't realize that until i was in my 40s and i only came out and transitioned like about i've lost count now but i think four or five years ago so so for a long time pride was something that you know i saw from the point of view of an ally rather than being part of the community and so for me there's i'm really grateful that i'm now you know, able to live my life and that I know who I am. And also now I'm like really proud to be part of that wonderfully diverse community that we're celebrating during Pride Month. Thank you for sharing that as well and, and letting our listeners into that bit of yourself. So for people who want to keep up with your work online, where do they find you at? So, well, I mean, books, obviously, all on Amazon, which is the easiest place to find them, for kind of connecting through social media. The main ones which I use are Twitter and Facebook. I do post on Instagram, but that's kind of mostly photos of cats and puppies now, because I've got a puppy recently, and some nature walks. Um, but if people are into that, then, you know, follow me if you like puppies. And I also have a newsletter, and you can people can find information about that on my website. It's probably the easiest place to go for that. And then my website is just janeoffcoat.com. Perfect. And we'll put all that in the show notes as well, so people can just go click right on them. Oh. <laughs> Jane, thanks again for being part of our Pride celebration. It's been great to have you here. Thank you. It's been really, really great to be part of it. And I hope that you have a fantastic Pride Month whatever you're doing, even if we're still indoors. <laughs> we hope you've enjoyed this special Pride Month bonus episode. This year, finding ways to celebrate Pride is undoubtedly a challenge, but it is one that we can undertake with passion, creativity, and an open heart. However you celebrate this year, we hope that you'll consider us part of your year-round Pride family. Thank you so much for listening. For a complete rundown of this month's bonus content, go to BigGayFictionPodcast.com slash Pride2020. Big Gay Fiction Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more shows you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. New episodes of this show are available every Monday wherever you get your podcasts. You can help support this show with a monthly pledge through Patreon. 
For more information about joining our community and the bonus content we deliver, check out patreon.com slash biggayfictionpodcast. I'm Kurt Graves. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.